help me let go of control show my heart how to flow with ease again i am ready take me in oh mountain rewind my soul help me let go of control show my eyes how to lift up again i am shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horror Pod. missed you sweet ones there's part of me that didn't know if I would ever be able to make an episode again this summer I spent some time watching myself disappear from the ether watching my body glitch in and out sleepless nights a busy mind manic downloads But really, it was just me sitting with myself, observing. Observing chronic inflammation. Observing the past, trying to be puked out into the future. There's a song that someone mentioned to me recently, and it said, Don't let your past kill your future. And it almost felt like my past was killing my future. When things looked the brightest, I got scared. I reached out to friends for help. I talked to my guides. I went to therapy. The therapist said it was PTSD and explained that, you know, we use the word PTSD a lot, but I don't think I've even analyzed the simplicity of what it really means. And PTSD is post-traumatic, post-traumatic. And I think this last six months was the first time 
I wasn't in constant chaos or trauma in one way or the other as a 32-year-old. And this is very common for people who've grown up in extreme abuse or with addicts. And some of us sadly never get out of that abuse cycle. But I think the way the world is shifting now, many of us are breaking free. But the thing about breaking free is when you get to the post part, the body's like, oh, lovely, great. We can process this trauma now. We can release some of this trauma. And we're only able to release when we're able to feel. And I didn't want to feel it. So I stayed awake. And I watched my body scramble. Fumble. And I asked my guides, what the fuck is going on? And my guide said, this is my ancestors coming through me. That my ancestors carry deep trauma, deep pain, deep guilt. Ooh, my ancestors carry deep guilt. I always believe there's like a metaphysical energy for every physical manifestation. And when we physically can't sleep, there's a huge link to this subconscious feeling of guilt. And my ancestors have some guilt. They have some shame. They have some extreme trauma and generational sexual abuse. Generational violence and physical abuse. And I have always felt very distant from them. But this summer, once I got to a safer place, the spirits of my ancestors came in and said, we are going to work through this trauma with your existence, with your body, Lacey. And I resisted even feeling connected to my ancestors. I resisted wanting to even heal with them. There's something I like about new age spirituality. And it's this energy of cut off toxic people. Snip, 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 burn the cord. And I've seen recently that that's a fable. That's an illusion. We actually don't burn or cut the cords from family. Now we can set boundaries with family. We can choose to never see our family again. We can decide it's safer for us not to have any sort of relationship or contact. And I don't think that's bad at all. But our family is still living inside of us. Our ancestors, good or bad, dark, evil, or brilliant, they are living in the flesh. And there's an Amanda Palmer song, or maybe it's Dresden Dolls, and it 
it goes like, I cannot hide from my family. They're hiding inside of me. And I remember hearing that as a teenager. And, and she's talking about wanting to run away from them. And that she really can't run away from them because they're in her. And that is all very clear to me this summer. And I think as one world dies and a new world is being sort of created, I I think a lot of the magic people here, the wizards, the warlocks, the elves and the fairies, so much of our superpower was taught through this trauma or this abandonment or this ache from our family or this feeling of huge disconnect from our lineage. And it's almost like there was this break and in that break of the lineage, we had to develop sort of our individual superpowers. But, but now that those superpowers are being developed, it's almost like a reweaving with the lineage. Now, this is just my experience right now. So if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. But honestly, this experience is fucking blowing my mind. Because I've just been out here being like, I don't have ancestors. I'm a witch star sea dwarf. And my ancestors are like, We'll keep you up at night <laughs> until you listen to us. You don't get to ignore us anymore, Lacey. And part of this reweaving with the ancestors is me being healer for myself, simultaneously me bringing healing to them. And... Would you ever go to a healer who thought they were better than you? I'm sure we do that all the time. We almost actually seek out healers because we think, oh, they're, they're better than us. They have a better diet. They have clearer skin. They're thinner. They're more enlightened. But I just don't know if that's what healing really is. I think it's more of us holding hands and holding space. And I walk like I'm better than my family. The ways in which I've done Horpod thus far is this energy of superiority to the people I've come from. Because they've ripped me out of bed by my hair, thrown glass at my face, disregarded me, abandoned me, told me I wasn't good enough. So in my own defense, in my own righteous defense, I became spiritually superior and almost have looked down on them in many ways because I feel like they don't fucking love me. And my guides came in or my ancestors came in both and said, yeah, Lacey, what if you're not here to be loved? What if you're here to dig, to dig until you find 
the love somewhere in your own fucking body. And when you find that, even if it's just a scrap, a tiny morsel of love, what if you're supposed to use that tiny morsel of love to love the elders in your family? What if you became a healer, Lacey? Not for selfish endeavors. What if you became a healer to hold the people you hate most in life? You know, hate, what a tricky word. Um, there's a Chuck Palahniuk book called Rant. And the woman in the book keeps asking this man who she's like sort of falling in love with. And I'm going to be fucking this up. It's been a minute since I read it. But she keeps asking him, who do you hate, Rant? Who do you hate? Have you ever hated anyone? And he's like, don't you want to be asking me if I've ever been in love? And she was like, that's why I'm asking you who, who you've hated. Because you can't really hate someone if you haven't deeply loved them. I think we can dislike but true hate. Man, there's a lot of love behind there. True hate, there's a lot of like, fuck, why don't you love me? Why did you abandon me? And now my ancestors are like, no. You have strong blood, Lacey. A blood that comes from torment. A bloodline that has done harm to the earth and harm to each other. But why do you, Lacey, think you're better than your bloodline? Why do you think you're better than your mother? Just because your mother abandoned you and was violent with you, do you really think you're better than her? Come on, Lacey, do you think you're better than her? Or would you be her if you had the same scenario? Now my guides even got in my face and said, are you choosing not to be a mother in this life, Lacey? Because you actually think you're very similar to your own mother? Do you actually see that same violence in you? Well, you're acting better than her. Is there a part of you that secretly believes you're just as violent? Definitely. I definitely know that about me. There is part of me that believes that. So much so that I think it affects my hormones. So much so that I shut off different parts of my body. Because I'm actually not better than her. I actually ache for her. And I don't know how to admit that in normal life. I still see the scenes of her running out of the house with a trail of perfume. I still have anger for knowing that she was fucking multiple people when I was five, six, and not taking care of me. That six-year-old is just still... All the healing I've done is begging the world to love me, to take care of me, to hold me. But then I grow older every fucking day. 
and I see the energy of the feminine, the energy of the woman who grew up abused. And I'm like, how could I be slut-shaming my mom? And my guides are like, why do you think you're better than her? I think the way I've been able to survive and interact with this life this far is by convincing myself that I wasn't the monster. Even though I came from a family who had monstrous behavior, definitely parents who had monstrous behavior, I convinced myself that I was different, better, and that was my means of survival. But that was on the surface and internally there's this hidden monster in me and I'm afraid if you're around me too long you're gonna see that monster I'm afraid if I have a new love they're gonna see how disgusting I can be or how volatile I've been in the past and my ancestors have come in recently and shown me that even though there's dark wounds in the lineage, even though there is extreme pain and violence, that ancestral healing doesn't have to be so rigid. It also doesn't have to be completely re-traumatizing. That it can be a sense of reframing relationship dynamics. My ancestors first and foremost are asking me to nourish myself, that I can heal them by nourishing my body. They're asking me to be the nurturer and and to walk my talk. There's different ways we can put blessings or curses on our own body, on our own energy field, on our own timelines. And there's, I, I'm a talker, you know? I'm a, I'm a real chatty Kathy over here. And one thing about having a podcast or being a chatty Kathy is sometimes it's easy to preach and not do. Sometimes it's, convenient to talk about a spell or a way of healing our energy field and then not doing it ourselves. And I've cursed myself in little ways by telling other people to do the healing that I didn't fucking do myself. And that's just going to be a constant practice. It's nothing I need to punish myself over. Speaking of punishment, my ancestors came in and said, no more punishment. No more punishment, Lacey. We know you're an Aries moon. We know you've been very punished by your family. And it's like your go-to method. I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm a Virgo sun rising. Love a good punishment, you know? It even turns me on a little. Gets me going. Um, Not punishing, but being punished. You know what I mean? And then 
my hypervigilance is just fucking searching for proof that someone doesn't love me so that I can punish them for not loving. You didn't call me when you said you were going to call me. I'm going to punish you now. You didn't take care of me this way you said you were going to take care of me. I'm going to punish you right now. And that's coming from this energy of never being able to like really have any power in my own abandonment with my parents. So now the slightest abandonment in the physical reality comes with this energy of punishment. And so how do we heal ancestrally or how do I and this might relate with your ancestors or it might not. Only you can know in your own body. But how do I heal this energy of punishment? I heal it with an energy of nuance. An energy of acceptance. An energy... And how do you have nuance and acceptance? I just heard my guide say this really loud. These are very like trendy words, you know. I can heal my ancestral lineage with nuance. You only get that from listening to them. Really listening. And let me be clear. So I'm not cursing myself right now. I My ancestors are loud. Um... They have a lot to work through. So I've only listened to them um, in brief moments. And I know that that's the work coming in and up is me having to really sit and listen to them. Rosie was talking about how um, in some cultures or some witches, they, they build the ancestral altar outside their home because... Once you sort of open the gate to ancestors, they can come really come flooding in. And they're really hoping for that sort of connection so that you can work together to heal what's been done. And it doesn't always have to be like this super trauma thing. But I think the earth is traumatized in ways. I think our bodies are. And I think it's just what a lot of us are working through. And I think when we, I don't think we can really like ascend until we ground with the earth, until we heal the trauma with the earth. And I don't think we heal that trauma with the earth without the relationship of our ancestors. And this is, can be very, maybe very kindergarten to some of you. This is profound to me because I've been walking these streets telling people I don't even have ancestors. How I've been on podcasts saying that. That is embarrassing. We all do. I just felt discouraged by mine. I felt separate from mine. And when I felt separate from my ancestors, and I still do in a way, that means I feel separate from my own body. So let's get into the body because the body is another way to heal the trauma with the earth, heal the trauma with our ancestors. And so our energetic makeup, our energy field can affect how our physical body looks, how our physical body feels. Now, 
we use the word chakra a lot. And I don't want to pretend I'm an expert in chakras. But as I was experiencing this disassociation this summer, this watching myself disappear from afar until my ancestors came in, um, I was starting to really look at my own chakras instead of just looking out. It's really wild. I know we talk about this a lot, or maybe we don't talk about it enough, but this energy of the abused people, the people who feel broken in ways, which I, we can argue everyone feels broken in this dimension we're living in, but you find the people who come from the darkest parts try to heal their own darkness through infusing light in others. So there's people in my family, um, there's people I've met and observed, and I've done this myself, so I shouldn't even be pointing outwards. I've definitely done this myself, and I think healers who come from extremes have to observe this in ourselves all the time. And this being this incessant need to infuse light in others because we're running away from our own darkness. And in a way, we're healing our own darkness by infusing that light. And it's not just bad, but it can lead to colonization so fast. It can lead to cultural appropriation so fast. It can lead to us abusing others without even intending to so fucking fast. And we cling to bright lights because we're afraid of the darkness we came from. And some of those bright lights may look like Jesus, Christianity, New Age religion, occultism, gangs, yoga, like, and we cling to these bright lights and then we sort of become evangelical in it. This is the way. Follow the way. Run away from your darkness like me. <laughs> and just like we can't cut off from our family, we can't run from that darkness. It is us. It's a reflection. There's a way that the past can kill the future. Um, there is a way our past can kill our future, but it can only, I think for me, my past was trying to kill my future and the only way it could really kill it was because I was cutting off from it. I was disassociating from it. And when we cut off our past, when we disassociate from it, we disassociate from all of our former selves. But those timelines still exist. Each version of you still exists in an alternate timeline. But you can feel those timelines within your current timeline. You can feel those versions of yourself in your energy field. And it may make it so you can't lose weight or gain weight. Or it may show up as an autoimmune disease or chronic inflammation or extreme anxiety. But it's almost like the different parts of ourself can haunt ourself. But I believe that only happens when we 
disconnect or cut off from the past. And when we cut that past off, what we're really doing is like shoving it in a closet. And then when we look the other way, or when we drift off to sleep, the boogeyman of the past comes out of the closet. And that's where we can truly start to feel haunted. Being haunted, like our past can become its own entity or entities. And those entities will come and kill the future until you look at the past. So it's a constant integration and balance with that. But my guide said that it's super important for me right now to acknowledge parts of my own body instead of just looking out. And I've always seen the chakras as not physical themselves, but that chakras are an embodiment of the spiritual energy on a physical plane. And even talking about chakras, I feel like is a quite a bit cultural appropriating. Um, but it's, it's the only word I know how to use for this right now. And the actual definition of a chakra is disc. So the chakra literally means discs. And discs have programmed information on them. Or you could even see the chakra like sort of like the wheel of the year, the circle, the cycles. But for me, I'm just like, oh shit, the chakra is a disc of programmed information. And different chakras are programmed at different times and the root chakra in the energy field is programmed from conception to one years old now we can go through life and get different electrical charges on that chakra that may shift or change the its programming and when I think of the word chakra, I also think of the energy of like shocking to shock chakra. And it feels to me like it's like positive or negative charges to shock. And I'm realizing in the first chakra, the first chakra carries the energy of I deserve to be here. I deserve to exist. I trust. I've always ignored my first chakra and been really obsessed with like the more um, like the sacral because it's creative and sexual and like the third eye, you know. But the first chakra has always felt like boring to me. And I read this book and I recommend it to everyone. It's called Eastern Body, Western Mind, The Psychology of the Chakra System as a Path to Self. And in this book, they talk about how you can be deficient or excessive in the chakra. And deficient in the root chakra comes with this extreme belief system of feeling like you don't fucking deserve to be here and logically or consciously I don't tell myself I don't deserve to be here but it's like a running song in the back of my mind and when things start going good in my life I get really scared that I don't deserve it really scared that I don't deserve to be heard or seen or touched or loved and it starts to feel like really scary to me and in this book they talk about that each chakra comes with its own sort of demon 
And the demon of the root chakra is fear. Fear of, I can't trust anyone. Fear of not trusting myself. The right to exist is the most basic right we have in this life. Like if you were born, you have the right to exist. But if you were born under circumstances of a strenuous birth or in the womb space, we, we are our mothers. We are our ancestors in the womb space. And if you're getting ancestral messaging or hormonal messaging from the mother of, oh fuck, I can't be pregnant right now or I don't want to be pregnant or... I can't afford this or um, if the mother feels like she doesn't deserve to be there literally the baby in the womb space is going to take th- this data from the blood of i don't deserve to exist i don't deserve to be here there are so many programs that exist within the matrix that are telling humans magic beings that they don't have the right to exist they have to work to exist they have to prove their wealth prove their beauty just to have the right to exist prove their talents and the chakras there's a an account on instagram called at divine being divine and I don't know this person very well. They are a flat earther. I'll say that. But they just go fucking off. And he was talking about chakras. And it was really when I was getting into this root chakra stuff. And he was saying that the root chakra is like the connected to the heel. Like when you sit cross-legged, your root chakra touches your heel. And the heart chakra is connected to the earth energy. And that the head, the crown chakra, is connected to the heavens. So the heel would be the underworld. And I don't really know what else he was saying about that. But when I heard that, I was like, yes, that makes so much sense to me. Because I think we can rise in dimensions through kundalini energy. And kundalini energy goes up our spine. And the chakras can represent different dimensions. And if the root chakra is the heel and the heart chakra is the earth, then the root chakra would be sort of the underworld. And it's almost like the matrix comes in and tries to program us to be trapped in the energy of the underworld so that we can't even be in the heart space with the earth. We can't even have love with the earth, with nature, with nature's cycles, with organic movement in our own bodies because these programs have mentally trapped us into the root chakra, which energetically symbolizes this energy of the underworld. And if we feel trapped in our own underworld, our own hell, and what is the demon of this root chakra? It's fear. So fear of not being good enough, fear of not deserving, 
to rise to the energy of the heart space. So many of us can't even feel our heart. So many of us are so fucking dehydrated and thirsty for love, but we can't feel our heart because we're trapped in the root and we don't feel rooted. Even though I'm blabbing about the body all the time, it was only this summer that I realized my root chakra is not developed. It's deficient. Some signs of a deficient root chakra could be poor hygiene. And I'm going to make an episode on this. But there's part of me that like hates hygiene, honestly, which is not a Virgo trait. But it's like, I don't fucking care. Why do I have to do this like constant upkeep? Which is gross and embarrassing to admit. But I'm like, why do I have to? To be pretty for you? To smell good for you? I don't give a fuck. And I didn't realize that's like a deficiency or a sign of a deficiency of my root chakra. Because it's a sign of not only not being connected to taking care of my body, but actively resisting it. Like there's a part of me that gets angry and annoyed about self-care. The root chakra also holds the energy of like the right to have. And the right to believe that you can have physical pleasure. Like, if if you were a baby and you weren't held, or your mom and dad divorced when you were six months old or a year old, you might have felt that, like, break off, that abandonment. And there might have been turmoil where you weren't held as much, or you might be part of the generation that all the parents were told, if you hold your kid, you're spoiling them. Or let them cry themselves to sleep, put them in a crib. And that sends a program to the embodiment of the spiritual energy on the physical plane. It sends a program to that. Sends literally shocks, shocks of energy, chakra, sends shocks of energy to the root chakra that you don't deserve physical pleasure. You don't deserve to be held. So then this root chakra might be running this program throughout your body on a subconscious level as a 50-year-old and you're like, I don't deserve to have an orgasm. I don't deserve to have someone eat me out. I don't deserve to like feel free in my body during sex because it sounds like self like a little whiny i know i know so many people who are like okay lacy we're done with drama like we don't have to heal forever and it's like i don't know i don't know i don't think it has to be uh tumultuous or reliving trauma necessarily but i really do think we came here to reprogram like we're not gonna start a new world we're not gonna raise in dimension or have some sort of new reality if we don't reprogram that and how do we reprogram well with the example we just used say that you were kept in a crib to cry it out Well, you can visually go back to those timelines and give yourself the physical holding, the physical touch, 
the the baby massage looking your baby self in the eyes because what did that baby feel when it was trapped in that room crying it felt physical fear and when there's a rush of fear in the body there becomes this unrooted feeling in the energetic form and the physical form when someone is full of fear they're not simultaneously grounded grounding releases fear connecting to earth releases fear connecting to nature dissipates the fear learning about the cycles of life can dissipate the fear have i dissipated all my fear absolutely fucking not but that is my magic right now that is the work right now that is the commitment right now will i fail at it maybe (laughs) do i have fear of the fear Uh uh-huh but every day i'm just choosing to try to ground and sink into it a little more through listening to my ancestors through connecting to the earth if from zero to 12 months if we were denied food clothing or shelter or a safe living environment we may go through life asking the question do i deserve to have anything do i deserve to eat do i deserve nutrition do i deserve shelter it's pretty wild um like maslow's hierarchy of needs you know shelter is a is a need we all have in this human existence and so many of us carry this subconscious fear of not deserving basic shelter and when we have that fear subconsciously we push away manifestations of shelter so there's a lot of people who try to manifest homes and or a safe living situation and they go fuck i'm not magic i don't know how to manifest but they don't realize that there's this unseen program playing out in the background of i don't deserve shelter i don't deserve to have and that may be because you didn't have a safe shelter growing up or the safe shelter you had your parents were fighting in it or they may have been fighting about money or you may have grown up in a situation where your family was evicted from your home or there was a house fire and your family lost the belonging. There's so many things that affect our programs. But again, the most beautiful part of a program is we as autonomous beings have the power to reprogram. And it might not be instant. It might be a dance. But I believe it's possible. And I can feel myself doing it right now. Based on our different traumas, different defenses show up. And so, like, when I do readings with people, we go through their blocks. I do a channeling to see what their guides are showing me as their physical and energetic block. And blocks are just holding patterns from defenses. A lot of people in our culture have sexual blocks. And it's because we're fucking sexualized in a weird way. Every gender is, really. 
I mean, some more than others, but each gender is sexualized. We sexually abuse each other. Children are sexualized. We have hypersexualization in TV and movies. And that's going to naturally bring up sort of a defensiveness towards sex, just organically. Like, I, I want to do an episode or some art around how we can hold sexual trauma in our body, even if we haven't been molested or raped. And we only know about sexual trauma through molestation and rape. But many of us carry sexual blocks from feeling the defensiveness around our own sexuality. And defensive is not a bad word. Defense is our protection. But with these defenses, we create mental holding patterns. And these mental holding patterns become blocks in our energy field. And we can clear blocks by going into them and seeing why we were defensive and seeing if it's safe now to let down some of those defenses. But we can only let a defense down by talking to it, by listening to it, listening first, asking, communing with the defense. The defense is here to protect. And each of our chakras carry different defenses. So one of our defenses with this chakra is deprivation. So when we feel like we don't deserve to be somewhere, we subconsciously will deprive ourselves of the goodness or we'll deprive ourselves of life's necessities. And this is in a subconscious manner to sort of erase some of our own existence. Because when we are little, if we're getting data that we don't deserve to exist, we sort of start taking on that program of the abuse. And neglect is another really poignant energy that creates this block in the root chakra. And when we're neglected, so not fed, being left alone, not being seen or heard, emotional neglect, physical neglect. And neglect's really interesting. And even sometimes people who have privileged lifestyles on the surface might be extremely suffering from emotional neglect within their families. And if we have this running belief system or fear of our own existence, a defense that can show up is the deprivation. For example, if someone has fear around existing, that can show up as um, eating disorders or food disorders. And really around the energy of depriving themselves of nutrition, depriving themselves of the necessities to exist. And this can be triggered when things start going good in our life. And I know that sounds really weird, but if we've lived a life where we don't feel fully accepted, we don't feel fully wanted, and all of a sudden there's all these people accepting us or beautiful opportunities are coming our way. And the root chakra holds the energy of money, security, stability, sex. If we start experiencing this, on a new level, 
it can really ignite that demon in the root chakra, which is fear. And that fear will tell us to deprive ourselves, to exist less. That fear comes in as a protector and says, come on, get your defenses up. It's not safe out here. No one's ever loved you this much. It's not safe out here. You've got to deprive yourself more. Um, so many beautiful opportunities were coming my way at the beginning of summer. And I was, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can manifest anything I want. My dreams are coming true. And then all of a sudden I stopped sleeping. Zero sleep. And it was almost like in a way that was a defense for being like, do I deserve to be here? Do I deserve to exist in this space? And on a subconscious level, I started depriving myself of the necessity to exist. When you don't sleep, you become less of a human the next day. You become smaller. When we don't eat, we become less less human, less magic. We become smaller. And there's no reason to have guilt or shame, but it's just one of the defenses that's there to sort of protect our block. And the first step to breaking down these defenses is acknowledging them. Like when I realized that I was depriving myself, I was like, oh my fucking goodness. I didn't even notice. It took me a while to notice. And just the energy of observation can be an energy of healing. Being a witness to yourself can help your energy field, your defenses, your body, your blocks sort of surrender dissipate and I'm not saying that's like all or enough I think therapy is also really helpful for some of these subconscious blocks Um, sometimes getting readings can be helpful doing grounding in nature can be healing for these defenses having support and like accountability people you can talk to about it And there's lots of ways we deprive ourselves. Some people deprive themselves of sex, of love, of connection. I think I've definitely done that in ways too. And just stepping back and using the mantra, I deserve to exist, can sort of play offense to this energy of self-sabotage. Because on the outside, it looks like we're self-sabotaging by depriving, but really we're just trying to balance these codes and programs that were injected into us when we were developing. It can look on the surface like someone's meaning to self-sabotage, but self-sabotaging is a symptom. It's not the root. The root is the root. But we self-sabotage, or it looks like we're self-sabotaging, but part of it is we're constantly questioning, am I bad? Am I bad? These questions, in a way, are a form of affirmation. Do I deserve to be here? We have to reframe that of, I deserve to exist. Not even I deserve to exist. 
that's actually not great because deserve the etymology etymology meaning the meaning of the word the etymology of deserve means to serve to serve like I deserve because I'm serving you know what I mean it's like to serve and we should be able to just exist without having to serve every being every baby gets to just exist Every baby should be showered in love for existing. We're all just, so many of us are trying to prove that we deserve to exist. Or we're trying, we're overcompensating and trying to overserve, overplease the beings around us to show the worthiness of existence. And all of this comes from these sort of defenses and blocks in the root chakra. But in a way, our bodies are similar to technology. Our technologies are trying to mimic our bodies. And if we've had a computer or even like a house, if you've had a house for 20 years, that house takes a lot of maintenance in a sense, reprogramming. The computer takes new programs all the time. You have to update the disks, the information, the data. And I think we forget that about our own bodies. And our bodies are electric. And there's constant shocks of positive or negative shocks. And each time we get one of these positive or negative shocks, there's a sort of assimilation that takes place. And that's why I think like meditation, meditation can look like going on long drives and sort of processing your head. Or singing song can be a way to sort of assimilate the different electrical shocks that have been coming in, positive and negative. Can we have money just from existing? Can we have abundance just by existing? Can we have love just because we exist? Do we have to perform and prove to our partners for them to love us? Or can they love us just by the very existence of our auric field, the very existence of our physicality, the very existence of our breaths. What if that alone is worthy of love, is worthy of abundance? I think you deserve to be here, and I'm here to remind you, you are worthy just because you fucking exist. The fear has been our defense. The fear has been our friend. We have the ability to lay defenses down. We have the ability to speak to the fear, to commune with the energies that have been protecting us, to reformat the mental patterns that have become our blocks. Blocks are protection, shields, guides. But maybe we get to let some of our armor armor down now. Maybe we are worthy. I love you. Thank you for allowing me to exist in my truth. Thank you for supporting Horpod. I ran away because I was afraid I didn't exist. I was afraid of my own existence. I was afraid I didn't deserve to be here or to speak with you. 
but I'm healing that now. And I'm going to show up. Thank you for everyone who supports me on the Patreon. Thank you for the community we've created there. And thank you for being patient with me in the months of July and August where I didn't show up as much. But there's lots of, there's lots of stories on the Patreon, herb stuff, healings, community vibes. If you want to support the Patreon, it's Patreon slash Lacey Free. Come hang with us. I'll be on there. And we're going to go deeper in talking about the healing around the root. We're worthy. It sounds corny. I judge myself even for saying it. But once we realize we have the right to exist, we'll have the encouragement and the power to rise. I love you. Bye. Who are the witches? Where do they come from? Maybe your great great grandmother was one. Witches are wise, wise women, they say. And each and every one of us are witches today.